Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Today is Monday, September the 6th, 2021, and we are continuing our study of the big book in the chapter Into Action, page 83, the second paragraph, There May Be Some Wrong. Today's readers are the 12 steps, Melissa W., 12 Traditions, Terry S., and readers of the text, Pete B., Nancy C., sorry, Pete B., Nessa R., and Jackie B. The share ID for yesterday's special edition, Sunday, September the 5th, is 17693. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Melissa W. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Melissa. Good morning. Um, Melissa W., compulsive overeater here in New York. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. Thank you, Melissa W. 
and Terry S. will read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Terry. Good morning. This is Terry S., recovering food addict in Florida now instead of Oregon. And I'm very happy to be here. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Terry S. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We're in the chapter Into Action on page 83, the second paragraph, There May Be Some Wrongs, and we're reading and commenting on that one paragraph only. Pete B., could you start us off, please? I can. Uh, thank you. My name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered today by God's grace and mercy. Uh, um, there may be some wrongs we could never fully right. We don't worry about them if we can honestly say to ourselves that we would right them if we could. Some people cannot be seen. We send them an honest letter. 
And there may be a valid reason for postponement in some cases, but we don't delay if, we can, if it can be avoided. We should be sensible, tactful, considerate, and humble without being servile or scraping. As God's people, we stand on our feet. We don't crawl before anyone. Just on my timer. So I, I, I get that, that's a great paragraph. Um, you know, um, you know, in my experience, you know, when I did my fourth step, I realized that there was a very small element of people that, um, uh, that, that harmed me uh, and I had no part in it and I had to forgive. I had to forgive them. Right. I just, I, you know, part of forgiveness. And, and in this instance where it says there may be some wrongs that I could never fully write, you know, that's where I look at the, the, you know, the very small, the small uh, component of, of my history. And I say there, there are just some things that I'm just going to have to forgive myself for. Right. And I, and, and I've shared this in the past, like there are, there are scars and wounds that I put on people that will never heal. I'll never, I'll never be able to reconcile those with people. And I have to just acknowledge that that's just part of the part of part of my past and that and that and, and I and I need to be prepared to forgive myself, but ready should a circumstance provide itself or present itself to make amends to make that to, to make that condition right. And I don't know what that'll be. You know, God may put may put somebody in my path and, and that just might be the case. You know, I was told that, you know, if you didn't hurt somebody with a letter, you can't amend it with a letter. It had to be, you know, if you hurt somebody face to face, you have to hurt it. You have to, you have to make up for it face to face. Right. But there are just some people that can't be seen due to relocation or stuff. They'll be out. They're just not in your vicinity. And you and because we're not trying to put to delay this, you know, there might be an honest letter or there may be somebody who has passed where I could write them a letter and I can share my feelings and I can share I can share my findings from doing this inventory process that I, that we're, that we're in. Um, you know, I love where it's saying like we have reconciled our past. We have made a decision to turn our life and will over the care of God. We've inventoried our history, our feelings. We've asked God to remove our shortcomings. We've made a, we, we, we're making amends to the, uh, for the harms that we've done. And there's no law. There's no longer a need to hang our head in shame. Right. Like we, 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 there, there, there's no, there's no need to carry that guilt, that remorse, that, that shame for the things we've done. We, we reconciled them and we're prepared to fix them, to make amends. Right. And it says, as God's people, we stand on our feet, not our sponsor's feet, not the fellowship's feet. We stand on our feet. We don't crawl before anyone. You know, there's, you know, I love Overeaters Anonymous. I love all the 12-step recovery programs out there. The only problem with them is that they're full of really, really sick people, myself included, right? We all suffer from grave emotional and mental disorders and uh, in many instances, oh, there's my, there's my harp, um, uh, and, and, um, and in many instances, and compulsive behaviors and, over, and overeating, right? Um, what I have to remember is that um, the information that's passed along in these fellowships isn't necessarily always accurate. It may be the opinion of somebody that, that, formed, that, that read this in a different way than what it actually reads, right? 
Um, the fact of the matter is, is that we have a we have a, a um, uh, we have a very simple 164-page big book that lays out the program of Alcoholics Anonymous that anybody that's able to read or be read to should be able to ascertain what it says. Time, please. right? And it says clear, and it says clearly. Well, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Pete D, for getting us started. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared yesterday or the day before, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Rick J. Jackie B. Nessa R. Nessa R. Rick J. I got you, Rick. Thank you. So far, I have Rick J., Jackie B., and Nessa R. Anyone else? Vicky V. Okay, let's start with our lineup then. We've got Rick J, Jackie B, Nessa R, and Vicky V. Good morning, Rick. Good morning. Good to be here. Uh, good morning, everyone. My name is Rick J. I'm a recovered compulsive reader in North Carolina. I love this paragraph because uh, this is sort of a, a salve on a very old wound uh, for me. And uh quick thumbnail sketch long ago, uh, I was in another program making an amends to a woman I used to uh, work with. Uh, and, um, you know, we were in a two-year relationship and I was at the height of my drinking and I caused a lot of harm and damage and emotional pain for this woman. And when I got sober, I was, uh, making my amends and, um, she basically just stopped me and said, I need you to leave. I never want to see you again. And, uh, please keep away from me and don't ever contact me again. So that was very difficult and years have gone by. And, um, I had a beard when, uh, when I was in this relationship with her and years later, I'm at, um, a grocery store and I'm, I've shaved my beard and I'm, I'm shopping around and hadn't seen her in, I don't know how long. And there she is. Um, you know, she was a contractor and worked all over the country. And, uh, here we are at the same, same town again. And, I can't believe it's her, but there she is. And so I was wanting so much to to go up and just say, look, I, you know, sort of say the same thing I'd already said, but with with more feeling, I guess. I don't know, but um, I I just left my cart in the store, and I knew if I said anything, you know, she would recognize my voice, but she did not recognize me in there. 
So I walked out into the parking lot and I called my sponsor and I was like, look, this is, this is what's going down, you know, and I wanted, these are the things I wanted to say. I've got children now. I'm really such a different person and I've been praying for you. And he said, let me stop you right there, Rick. He said, what was the one thing that this woman asked of you? She said, she, you know, to just never contact her again. And you know, he said, you, you let her clear out that store. You can go in and finish up your shopping and you pray for, her, and you can pray for her every day, but you never contact her again. That's the amends that, that you are making. That's the one thing, one thing she asked you to do. And, uh, you know, so when I read this and I read this page, some of the, um, bullet points on here, you know, uh, this is one of them. And, you know, the spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. And that's part of me living a spiritual life is acknowledging that there's some wrongs I can never fully right. I don't worry about Thank them. You. I can honestly say to myself that I would write them if I could. And I pray for her every day. With that, I pass. Thank you, Rick J. Jackie D., it's your turn, followed by Nessa R. Good morning, Jackie. Hi, I'm Jackie B. from the Bronx. Thank you so much. I want to apologize for not checking in on time. Um, for me, my amends was, like for my mom. My mom passed away before I could make the amends. So what I did was, is I wrote a letter uh, explaining who and what my pa- what my mom was and what I did, how I wronged her and how I was going to make amends. And I went to her grave site, and I told her what I was going to do. And then what I did for me, and this is only for me, is I had bought her a jewelry set that I decided to send to a relative whose daughter was graduating high school and give it to her explaining why I was doing it. And on behalf of my mother, I give her this gift because her family was always good to my mom. And... That relieved me of what I've done. As far as my father, just forgiving him, um, you know, for him his inappropriate behavior, I was able to uh, find forgiveness in myself and for him in that my of my negative feelings that I was able, up until the day he died, to be a daughter to him to check in with him and see if he was okay once a week by phone and send him gifts on holidays. And when he passed away, and I didn't find out till a week later because my stepmother didn't tell me, I was clear. My conscience was clear. And that's important. I also remember that uh, nothing is perfect. You know, um, I left my ring in the bathroom and some construction guys came in who were uh, in fellowship. And even though I have a program and they had a program, somebody stole the ring. And I had to still forgive myself for leaving it in the bathroom. And that person never opted to make amends that the ring was taken by one of his sons. Um, But you know what? That's program. Program, there is a way to find a solution. I'd rather live in the solution than not. And in the, these things, these are the things I can't amend. I can, 
ask amends for my to my daughter. I can't ask amends to my husband. I can't ask amends to my sister. I've done it twice to my sister. And it turned out I didn't even know my niece. I owed her an amends. When she asked me, what is an amends? And I told her, and she said, well, you know, you did this to me. And I said, oh, my. And I made amends there. And my relationship is good with all these people today. Not perfect, but good. And that's the thing about amends. There is nothing too scary. If I can do it, I do it. If I can't. Thank you. If I can do it, I will. And if I can't, I won't. But I have to be willing. And that's what this step is about. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie B. Nessa R., it's your turn, followed by Vicki V. Please go ahead, Nessa. Hi. Good morning. Good morning, Vision for You. It's Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, this bit of uh, we don't worry about them if we can honestly say to ourselves that we would write them if we could. To me, it just screamed loophole, 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 loophole. And I was looking for all the loopholes that I could find early in my recovery. So I made a lot of donations. I wrote a lot of letters. Um, and I learned later that there's always ways to make amends when I cannot make direct amends. Um, you know, um, and that doesn't mean that I can right all the wrongs. I mean, there are wrongs that I can never fully right. And like the, the best example for me is gossip. Um, I cannot go up to a person and say, you know, I'm sorry I gossiped about you because that would hurt them. Um, and, you know, I can make all the donations I, I, I want. But, I mean, is that really amends or is that a... Um, is there a cop-out? And so I was taught that I cannot make amends to, to the person I spoke about, but I can make amends to the, pers- the people that I spoke to uh, because I heard them too, you know, like I made them listen to, to nasty stuff and I may have encouraged them to also speak gossip themselves. So I need to apologize to them. Uh, and I mean, needless to say, I have to stop speaking, go- speaking gossip, not only about that person, but about everybody else. Um, that's probably the most important part of the amends, but but I can make a lot of amends that way. Um, another example was um, a few years ago. I remembered that I was um, involved in a you know bullying incident. I think I spoke about this on this line probably many times. Um, where I was uh, I was a bystander. I wasn't there the bully, but I didn't do anything to prevent it. And I could have just said, well, you know, it happened when I was like you know little. I was under ten years old. I cannot find, you know, this, 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 this little boy and the institution that, that we were, um, it probably doesn't exist anymore. So, hey, I'm just going to make a donation to some, you know, bullying cause. And my sponsor said, no, you need to do something more. Maybe like bringing a speaker to talk about bullying um, into, you know, the school that your children attend or, or whatever, something like that. Um, and that's a lot more substantial. Yes, I can never... Um, fully right the wrong I did to this boy by, by not um, speaking up. But, you know, I also don't get away scot-free saying, oh, well, I honestly would write it. If I ever saw him again, I would definitely apologize to him. But, hey, I don't even remember what he looked like then. How am I going to remember what he looks like now, you know, like almost 50 years later? So, so that, that was a cop-out. Um, you know, this is why, you know, speaking to a recovered person, to your sponsor, um, you know, you learn a lot of things, um, 
and it makes amends a lot more meaningful, a lot more substantial, and in my in my case, um, a lot more effective to strengthen my recovery. Um, and uh, without a doubt, thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. Vicki V, it's your turn. Welcome, Vicki. Good morning. Thank you so much, uh, Visionaries, for welcoming me this morning. My name is Vicki V. I'm from Long Island, New York. And this paragraph, which talks about this step, uh, for me, is so very important. I went through the steps with different sponsors in this Vision for You program several times before um, the one that stuck. And this is why we do this with the sponsor, because while I was going through my step nine, there were two which seemed to me very important amends to make that uh, I kept trying and kept trying. And they actually were trying, we were trying to find times to get together and it just never happened. And she finally said to me, well, I can see that you're very earnest in wanting to do this. So let's do it a different way. And we wound up, um, you know, I wound up writing about it and speaking about it and making a living amends just with the behavior that was part of the amends that I wanted to make. And then eventually life, or I should say God, because I do believe that if there's something I'm meant to do, that God will bring me to that situation. I was able to make one of those two amends. What I have to be careful is I am an addict and I want to do things perfectly. Now that I have accepted this way of life, nine to tw- steps nine to 12 being the solution, um, that's where I find my comfort. That's where I find my guidance through life. I still cannot be perfect, and it's still not all about me. I still am going to make, you know, need to make amends. Somebody was just sharing about saying something that, um, she didn't say it this way, but something that didn't need to be said, and this is to another person in program, and then realizing that I overstepped. But again, it's not all about me. If it bothers her, she will come to me, and she will, you know, speak to me about it. What I love about this paragraph is that it taught me that I am no better or worse than anybody else. I am no more spiritual or less spiritual than anybody else. I am not more sick or less sick than anybody else. I have just accepted this way of life because I listened to the people who went before me and I so wanted what you all had. Um, My amends to God is every day not sharing with the wrong people. The people I share with are in this program, are seeking a spiritual way of life, and understand steps 9 through 12. To share with anybody outside of that format for me is absolutely uh, staring in remorse and reflection of, of the way I don't want to live life. I don't want to be that person anymore. So thank you so much for all your shares this morning and for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vicki V. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. And if I could remind everyone, please, uh, where we are. We're on page 83 in the chapter Into Action, the second paragraph. There may be some wrongs we can never fully write. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared on Thursday or Friday of last week, please step back this morning and let others have a turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share?
This is Brenda. I'd like to share. Okay. Uh, good morning. Cindy B. Sorry, I heard two people at once. Cindy B. And did you get me, Brenda? Yes, Brenda. Thank you. Okay. Minky Maria. W. Okay, again, I heard two people at once. Let me tell you who I do have. I have Brenda and I have Cindy B. Who am I missing, please? Maria E. Maria, who else? Minky W. Okay, so far I have Brenda. Cindy B, Maria, and Minky W. Was there anyone else? Okay, Brenda, can you start us off, please? And can we have the initial of your last name? Okay, good morning. Um, this is Brenda C. And uh, I was just thinking about the amends that we perhaps can't make, and I thought about one that I had um, that I couldn't make um, because it would have hurt the person to to know that. Um, uh, and it was my my daughter's father, and I had to, and I walked away because I was selfish and self centered, and I wanted more, and that wasn't what he could give me, and. I know that it hurt him really bad, but, um, you know, that, that happened like 35 years ago. And when I started going through the amends, I knew that I couldn't tell him. But one of the things that um, my sponsor did talk about is the living amends. And that is, so when he got really sick and uh, my daughter wanted to take care of him and bring and so she brought him to Charlotte. And I did, I helped you know, in, in every way I could, I, I've, I've helped him and seen him, his life, you know, get uh, be put back together. Not because of me, but not in, in, in but in spite of me. And and um, I think that he has, he knows that I've forgiven him. I see him like a brother now because he is a, he's been a good father to my daughter. And um, I've, I haven't said to him. You know that you just weren't enough for me, and I I would never say that. But um, I do know that because of this program, I see my my wrong, and I can truthfully say that I have never done that again. Because now I see that you know I can't hurt others to satisfy me. Um, so um, that I mean, I just I just thought about that this morning, and uh, that's uh, a real, my good example of a, a living amends. No, I, you can't just tell people what you know what you did wrong, especially when it will hurt them. Um, thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you, Brenda C. Cindy B. It's your turn, followed by Maria. Good morning, Cindy. Please press star one to unmute, Cindy. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, 
uh, Cindy B. from Boston, recovering uh, food addict and bulimic. Uh, thanks for your service this morning. Um, you know, this is just such a potent paragraph um, because, you know, it really just talks about, um, you know, for me, it's I have a, I have a script that I use for my amends, and it goes like this. Um, this is what I have done wrong. I'm sorry. Is there anything I can do to make that right? Um, there, I don't put any excuses behind it. Like, you know, I was tired that day, and I'm sorry that I yelled at you or, you know, whatever that is. Um, I just say, you know, I shouldn't have yelled at you. I'm sorry. Is there anything I can do that to make it right? And I find that when I say the clean script, it works very well. And um, before I learned the clean script, um, I made an amends to someone um, that um, I had done, you know, I just, I had um, done something to her that had made her feel uncomfortable. And um, I thought she would forgive me right away because she was in program, but she said, I'm going to have to think about this. And um, it was really, it was really hard to hear that because I would just, I wanted relief. I wanted her to just say, it's so fine, you know, I'm, we'll move on. And she didn't. And, and, you know, so I had to wait. I had to be patient and wait. And about a year later, I actually did another amends with her, the same one, but I made a really clean amends. And it was funny. She laughed and she said, now that's a clean amends. And, you know, uh, it was hard. I felt almost like I was uh, a hostage, you know. Um, but, you know, um, and, and that's where the other side of it is, is that we're not servile or we're, scra- we're scraping, um, that we're God's people and we stand on our own feet. We don't crawl before anyone. And so when I make a clean amends, I'm not crawling. I am stating, you know, what I did and um, I'm just asking for forgiveness. And if that is not something they can do, then, then, then I love and accept them, pray for them, pray for myself. And, 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 and if God has forgiven me, then I need to forgive me. And if they can't forgive me, then I have to love them for that because that's where they're at. And, um, but, but it's, it's so important not to be servile or scraping. Um, and I've done a lot of those kind of amens. I'll pass with that. Thank you. Thank you, Cindy B. Maria, it's your turn, followed by Minky W. And could we please have the initial of your last name? Please press star one to unmute, Maria. Good morning. This is Maria E. from Connecticut. May I be heard? Yes, please go ahead. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your service. And thank you to the speaker and to those who've shared. Oh, I'm so grateful for this meeting. Um, It's been a godsend to me. And, um, you know, I particularly appreciated hearing that we go by the words of the book. We have a higher power for direction. And when I'm in doubt, you know, I go to those people who have something to transmit by having worked the process as it's laid out in the book. I um, had owed my father an amends, and my inclination is to, you know, I I didn't say this in my amends letter, 
<laughs> but in my mind, I my self-seeking is to say, well, you know, he wasn't father of the year, and he wasn't, but I wasn't daughter of the year either. And, you know, I was able to um, write my letter and go to his graveside. He died many, many years before I was in program. And, um, you know, to be able to have a um, heartfelt amends conveyed and to be able to make, as others have shared, a living amends. And I've done that by, I have a cousin who, um, on my father's side, who looks just like him. And she's considerably younger than I am and not in the best of financial circumstances. And I've been able to, uh, she lives in Europe, I've been able to, um, you know, make amends by being there for her through emotional issues, by sending her money. I felt guided with stimulus money that I was sent that, um, you know, I could share that. I could give that to her and make amends to my father in that way, you know, by being a different person to her. Um, and she is, she not only looks like him, she has his personality too. So it's really, it's really been a wonderful um, number of years now. And for the last year and a half, she's texted me every day, you know, through the whole um, pandemic. And it's just been, it's been wonderful. And it's a way that I actually stay connected with my father in a, in a meaningful way. And I can make amends and be a different kind of person. You know, I can be a different cousin. Um, even though I couldn't be a great daughter. And um, I can be different today thanks to this process. Again, I thank you all for your service. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you, Maria E. Minky W., it's your turn. Good morning, Minky. Good morning. My name is Minky W. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered for today. So grateful to be on the line. And, um, yeah, regarding amends, so um, I've, you know, done quite numerous uh, four steps and, you know, four steps doesn't give me a pass. It moves me into steps six, four, five, six, seven, and eight, nine. Um, and so, um, and doing 10 steps also, you know, moves me into nine, into making amends. So um, one of my recent assignments that my sponsor gave me was um, writing out my resentments and making amends to my children and I kind of resist, you know, saying, um, you know, I'm making amends for this and that. And, um, cause they've heard it once and they're like, mom, I really don't want to hear anything anymore. I just want, I want to see action. And so what I've, oh, I just want to say that the noise in the background is my cute little baby granddaughter. Um, anyway, so the making amends, what I've done is I've written out what I would have, what I would like to say, and um, I don't say it. I shared it with my sponsor, and I revised and you know tweaked the script a bit. And for each of my daughters, I say that every single morning. I say you know steps one through um, through eight, just in different forms. And then for each one, you know, I'm making amends for this that I've done. And I get into specifics, you know, for the different things that I've done for them that were really harmful. And um, my amends is saying it and my amends is praying for them and my amends is showing up for them today as different moms and there were many many ways I did not show up for my children I was in my disease and even though my food was down um, it took me a really long time to change my behaviors and I really want them changed right away but in step six and seven I learned that it's in God's time not in my time and for today um, my amends is that my um, daughter has this beautiful baby and 
only because of this program was I able to be present and show up for her birth. And I couldn't show up for her in so many ways. And now I'm showing up by holding the baby so she can um, sleep and get some rest. And um, I'm just so grateful. And without recovery, there's no way I could have done that. There's just no way. I just, I'm selfish, selfish, self-centered, and I just want things my way, and I want to chill, and I want to do my morning um, prayers and my morning things, and it's all great, and I'm still going to do it, and but and I get to show up today, and that's been a miracle, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Minky W. Today, we're continuing our study of the big book on page 83, the chapter Into Action, the second paragraph. There may be some wrongs we can never fully write. And the line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared Thursday or Friday last week, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me to hear everybody. Who would like to share? Karen Kay. Libby. Brenda A., New York. Okay, I heard Karen Kay, Liz E., Brenda A., anyone else? Lisa H. Lisa H. All right, let's take that line up and we'll see how we do time-wise. Karen Kay, can you start us off, please? Good morning. I'm Karen Kay, uh, recovered compulsive eater from Syracuse, New York. And um, I'm looking at another side to this paragraph when I... um work with people doing the steps. Um, I don't have the credentials to tell them where they do their amends, uh, especially when there's a, a, a criminal offense. Um, also, people that have, um, um, you know, done some things that could put them in jail. And I don't believe anybody's qualified, whether it's a, what letters you have, after the name, uh, a priest, uh, a deacon, or whatever, I direct them to the book, what page to read. It's between them and God, and that's my part. Um, Because I don't want to be responsible for saying, well, you need to go do this, this, and this, and that. Uh, Other amends are are, are different um, because the book is written very clearly um, about amends and where to go and what to do. Um, the book is in black. Just read the black, not the white, and not not the in between. Just read the black letters, and it's very very clear. And and that's been a good result for me when I've been able to make amends myself. Now, what I thought I knew when I first came in, came back to OA uh, a little over two years ago or even the other 12-step programs 37 years ago, what I thought was true then is different now. So um, 
I've already beat myself up enough. I don't need to beat myself up for these, you know, things that I, even this week, that I did not know I was harming somebody. And being willing to, um, you know, bring God into that and to prayerfully pray with that person and then do the amends. Um, because my my if my feet are not moving in the way I believe I'm not working a program. My lips are moving. My thoughts, my words, my deeds need to be toward my belief system and not just saying what I do. Um, like it says in the book, the, the a big book, faith without works is dead. Amends without a contrite heart and actions is dead. With that, I will pass. Thank you, Karen Kay. Lizzie, it's your turn, followed by Brenda A. Good morning, Liz. Good morning. This is Lou B. L O U is in boy. Thanks, Lou. Um, yeah. I'm glad to be with here on the line with everybody this morning and I'm uh, I'm really grateful for this meeting. So, um Okay, so the first, I'm sorry, the second sentence in this paragraph, we don't worry about them if we can honestly say to ourselves that we would write them if we could. So what I, okay, I have an addict mind. I'm an addict. And so when I read the first sentence, and the first sentence, there may be some wrongs we can never fully write. And then that second sentence, um, what I'm hearing this morning is that, you know, (laughs) what does fully write mean? to me, you know, as an addict and as a, as, and as a perfectionist, um, I think about with one of my sons and, you know, I'm probably never going to be able to fully write what I've done with him, uh, to him. Um, he's angry and he is probably never going to, I don't know, like forgive me the way that I feel like you ought to forgive me. What I'm trying to get at is that I can be perfectionistic about these things. And at some point I have to not worry about it. I have been as sensible, tactful, considerate, and humble as I can be. And um, if he chooses not to forgive me, then, then I need to continue to love him and treat him the way that my ideal um, my mother ideal says that I should treat him and then leave the results to God. Um, and I don't really know if that's completely applicable to this paragraph, but it, but it, it, it is what I'm hearing this morning is that, you know, I, ha- I have to do my part and then I have to leave the results to God and, um, and just trust and surrender, you know, trust that, that, that it is the way that it's supposed to be. And, and, and because his reaction is not the way that I want it to be, doesn't mean that I get to be bitter or resentful. You know, I need to move on and and live my ideal. So, um, anyway, um, I guess that's it. The, well, the other thing that I will say is that I, I agree with what's been shared this morning about when I'm working with sponsees that that I don't know I don't know um, a lot of the answers to these. You know, I don't I don't know. Um, what what they might need to do, you know, whether they need to do it, to do it in person or to do it with a letter or or um, if they are postponing, you know, there's a lot of these things that we have to answer for ourselves and and um, our sponsors can be uh, partners in this and can give the give us our feed give give us their feedback, but 
you know, really and truly in the end it is between us and our higher power. And, um, you know, I think beating myself up about my wrongs is, is something that, that I get off on, you know, and, and I don't think that that's God's will for me at all. I think that, that I'm supposed to follow these directions and, and then, and then leave it with him, you know, and trust that it is the way that it is and, and that that's okay. Um, it might not look the way I, I want it to, but but through God's grace, I can I can get to a point where I am standing in the sunlight of the Spirit again, and 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 trusting that that the way it is is okay, and the way it is is the way it's supposed to be. So um, anyway, I'm glad to be. Time, please. Thank you. Glad to be reading about the ninth step, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Lou B. Brenda A., it's your turn, followed by Lisa H. Welcome, Brenda. Good morning, and thank you all for your service. This is Brenda A. in New York, recovering one day at a time, and very grateful for this meeting and particularly for this paragraph. I had to make living amends to my mom and my dad and my brother, They were deceased, and what I realized I had to do and what was the most freeing experience of my entire life was writing letters to each and every one of them. And in those letters, I was able to tell them how much I did love them. And it was my higher power who helped me to forgive them, to stop judging them, and to be loving, kind, and tolerant to them, and then to take those letters and make them into living amends as best as I can, one day at a time, with everyone I interact with. I am so grateful because after nearly 60 years, I am able to feel the love that my parents had for me. And that's God's gift. Do unto others. We know the rest of it. Having no religious background, but having a spiritual awakening and being blessed by having a family that did love me. I I cannot express how overwhelmingly free I felt after making those amends. I am back in step seven today, about to embark on step eight, and I am so grateful for the opportunity. And I pray each and every day that if something comes up, I no longer hold on to a resentment. I'm giving those resentments, fear, dishonesty, and self-centeredness to my higher power, and he's taking them in his time. And I wish everyone, all of you who celebrate the Jewish New Year, I wish you a happy Rosh Hashanah. And if anyone who is experiencing any loss because of Hurricane Ida, I know even there I was able to reconnect with my son, who has been tremendously helpful to me in getting through this period. And to my wonderful neighbors, I love you one and all and wish you a day of serenity that we get.
Okay, I think, Brenda, we lost you, but Lisa H., it's your turn. Please go ahead, Lisa. Good morning, Lynn. Thank you for your service this morning. Um, This is Lisa H., gratefully recovered in Memphis, Tennessee. And this process for me, um, each time I was able to make amends, and it was stressed to me that um, making face-to-face amends was so important, And that really stood out to me. So every opportunity I could, um, I made face-to-face amends. And this line that says there may be a valid reason for postponement in some cases. Um, And one of my biggest resentments was toward um, uh, an uncle of mine who lived in New York City. And again, I live in the South and I thought, you know, he's, he's he's getting older. It felt really important to make face-to-face amends, but it was like, I don't know if that would happen or could happen or would happen. Um, And so I think I had made all of my amends when um, I was, I was actually going to take a trip abroad and I was coming back through New York city. And um, I said to my husband, I need to stop and I have to make amends to this uncle. Um, I need to spend an extra day. And I'd already been gone. I was getting to be close to two weeks. Um, which he wasn't very happy about, but I think he understood the importance of me um, because I, I had a resentment toward this uncle that I'd carried for at least 30 years um, and, and, and done harm to him and, and to my aunt. So I had the opportunity to stop and make face-to-face amends. And of course, I thought at the time that they probably wouldn't understand, right? They were not addicts. They were not in 12-step programs. And the next day, um, as I was getting ready to leave, he thanked me. Um, so one of the, th- and the next thing that really stands out for me is the word humble. You know, humility is, is the ability, is, my, is the ability for me to recognize my right place in the universe. It enables me to see beyond myself and it helps me to stop being God so that God can come in. And I don't think I ever understood what being humble meant. Um, But in making amends, especially face-to-face amends, it did help me to understand what it meant to be humble. Um, And and again, but not certainly humble, but not what, I wasn't going to crawl, I wasn't going to be servile. Um, And in, in making amends and doing this ninth step, each time I made an amends, it was like this weight was lifted off my shoulders Um, and, and my thinking got clearer and I was really able to get to have a relationship with power. Um, And again, when I was done with this, so, so I think what also stands out of my mind is no matter what sort of response I got, whether it was a thank you or not, um, because some people didn't, didn't recognize it at all. um, That was okay too. Because I had done the next right thing, I could leave the outcome to God, and I could let go of it, and really then live in the sunlight of the Spirit. Um, if you haven't done this this work or haven't gotten to this point, it is an amazing process. And I've just done it. I'm doing a fourth and fifth step. I'm getting ready to do it again, um, which I'm grateful for. And um, thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Lisa H. Thank you to everyone who shared, and thank you to Team Monday. 
please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for this morning's meeting, Monday, September the 6th, the 7 a.m. meeting, is 17696. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Nessa R., would you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Oh, with great pleasure. Um, Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Asking in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you have in God. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.